Welcome to Movement is My Constant. This is the podcast for breaking stagnation patterns. Through interviews with movement researchers, I seek inspiration in their experience and encourage you to stay curious, to explore movement with awareness, knowing that the body contains the intelligence to make decisions and communicate with grace. Enjoy this space. My name is Anna and I'm your host today. Stress is good for the environment because it makes you grow and makes you change and readapt. Today I'm joined by Rita Trutte. This is the second time she's been here on the show and she's a personal trainer. She's bringing a different way to see movement through awareness in the same places that we normally do our gym routines. At the gym, the normal class or even at home. She is trying to invite us to tap into awareness by listening carefully And that is also what she does with her clients. So I decided to invite Rita again because we've been having fascinating conversations about the fascia. She's bringing her research and her knowledge to show that the quality of our movement affects the fascia, which has an immense impact on the quality of life, on our well-being, both physically but also mentally. Hello, Rita. Hi, welcome. Welcome back to Movement is My Constant. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, of course. I'm really pleased that we're here today again and to explore this topic about the fascia. I feel like this is one of the currents of movement and awareness and also the relation between stuck and stagnation emotionally and physically. And we've talked about this so many times that it had to become an episode. And when I started preparing for this episode, I found this article that gave me the interesting facts around the fascia. And of course, you gave me back amazing content and research. So I think we could use this article or the topics that I found or the facts actually to guide our conversation. But I know that you have so much more to say. So let's make this flowing. Let's flow. All right. Great. So the name of the article is Eight Fascinating Facts About the Fascia. And fact number one, it starts by saying that the fascia is a matrix. Could you tell me something about this? Okay, so fascia is just like a net, a 3D net. If you imagine, it's just like a web design that you have in our body. If you imagine your body, if you only have the bones and the skin and you don't have nothing in between, we are just not so strong and we are not able to walk around because you're going to just fall in the ground. So you have to get some stuff inside to make us look like us. So this is connective tissue. This is fascia. So connective tissue is what the name explains itself, connects everything around. Just like the bones are connected to the muscles by connective tissue, the tendons, and then you have the ligaments, they are connective tissue, and you have the fascia that is around our organs, there is around our muscles and the fibers of the muscles, and is around everything. 
and you have entrapped in the fascia the bloodstream, the lymphatic stream, and you have the neurons and the nervous system, it's around the fascia and it's supposed to glide between the fascia. And then imagine this matrix, these 3D nets, and you have layers. So you have more superficial and more profound layers of fascia. And then you have everything moving together and connecting everything. So you can have one direction of movement in the fascia in one layer, and then you have another completely different in opposite to other way. So you can have movement in 3D planes, and you can move everything around, and the fascia will rearrange itself while we are moving and while we are standing and breathing and existing. So why this is happening? Because fascia has receptors, just like our muscles and our other tissues. They have receptors for chemical, for mechanical and electric transmitters that we can exist. And we have in all ways around the fascia all the time. So you are continuously receiving information. This is like fascia is the central calling. We are receiving information and messages from the nervous system, from how are we feeling. It's an interoception. So the fascia always know what's going on inside our body and proprioceptive, so around us in the environment. So we have 3D nets, we have receptors, and we have a transmitter of information. So they're going to respond to pain and going to respond to exercise that is mechanical. And we have always receiving and giving information all the time. So this is becoming the more sensorial organ because we are always giving and receiving information and we always know who we are and what you're going to do and what you're feeling. So if you are now closing your eyes and you're feeling, okay, I'm going to feel I'm angry or <laughs> I have to eat something. So this is interoception and this is fascia that gives and receives this is information. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because you touched upon how the nervous system is one of the ways to which the fascia connects to and then transmits electrical signals. And this is, for me, it was fascinating. Maybe for some people, it's more obvious, but the fact that we have been so far talking more about the nervous system as one of those, you know, as a central point, but then the quality in which ways we take care about the fascia actually is even more important. We give a weight yeah. about nervous system because it's more study about it. Yeah. Fascia is new yeah. but years of studying but now we are understanding that they complement each other right sometimes fascia is faster than nervous system reacting because we have all of these free nerve endings receptors and all the receptors that we have that i was talking about yeah. i don't know if it was explicit mm -hmm. but sometimes she's going to react faster yeah. because you have to adjust something exactly. and is always giving information to brain and nervous yeah. system and receiving this is very fast yes yeah. we are not thinking about in every it's not the second it's a much less time yeah exactly this is working all the time yeah up, down, we are all always in connection. Yeah, yeah. And this is important because you can do something 
about the quality of our fashion yeah. and quality of our body yeah. to feel better. Yeah, exactly. This is how we're going to talk today. So I think here we could talk a little bit about working with the fascia, about being a force transmitter, maybe touch more on the muscle, and then also how the concept of repetition, good and bad, how that informs the fascia. Okay, so this fascia gives us structure and a function. They give us the architecture of our body. But also in these functions, they have a sensory function that we're talking about, the receiving and giving information and feelings. And they have the force transmission. And this is a recent, when I say recent, it's a few years back. Yeah. We are studying the force transmitter. And we always give that function to muscles. Hmm. They have that function. But fascia also has it because in the content of fascia, we have collagen, we have fibroblasts, that is the cells, and there is a matrix, an external matrix. And we have found myofibroblasts. So myofibroblasts is the cells that are in the muscles. And they have the ability of contracting, they have actin and mucin that makes the contraction. So fascia has that capacity and capability to contract and they transmit energy and transmit force around each other and around muscles to muscles. So sometimes when you study, you see the muscle contracting and then the energy goes to the tendons and the tendons are attached to the bones and then they move. But now when you see and imagine this network that is working around the fibers of the muscle, you can pass this, the force transmission through one side to one tendon to the other, but you can pass it parallel. So you can pass the energy and the force here to the next attached fascia. And the fascia is attached to another fiber of the muscle and it's attached to the other muscle. And this is going to change and is going to react to that activation mm -hmm. and is going to transmit forces. So this is why, and you can imagine this is just a simple observation. If you close your hands and you make force, just like you are strangle your fingers, you're going to feel activation until your shoulder your scapula if you're making more you can feel it through all body and this is strength is passing through the fascia right yeah and a thought came to my mind about you could sense it throughout the body so the fact that the fascia has this capability is it helping the muscle to create more force or is it because it really creates the bridge or the communication between okay nervous system or reaction and then uh you know it informs the muscle to okay do something or do that it's both okay. uh, you can just transmit force because you're using the muscle but you can give signaling to muscle to react mm -hmm. especially when you're doing something for reflex mm -hmm. the speed is so quickly that mm -hmm. you have to respond to something that happens And sometimes it's not the nervous system that gives the information to muscle to contract. It's something happened and you have to contract. And it is fascia and muscle around. It's one second away. It's not yeah. a second, but it's just a, a second away. But nice. it's one that influences the other. Mm. Yeah. 
we are not working alone. And sometimes we study very isolated things because it's easier for us to understand in science. We have to analyze it through everything. But now we are working on seeing how other forces could changing this relationship from myofascia. The stimulus could change, could be hormone release, this is chemical or inflammation or something that change the chemical reaction of our body, could be electric uh, response, could be mechanic. So somebody gives you weight and you have to catch it. This is a response to a mechanical way. So the force is the same. Yeah, exactly. The stimulus is different. What does it mean the repetition is good and bad for the fascia? Can you say something about it? Like what does that do to the fascia? Okay. When you do a repetitive movement or you have the same stimulus all over again, the fascia and all the tissues are going to change. And this is plasticity of the tissues. Uh, they're going to change and adapt to that stimulus. So if you have to do one simple movement all day, you're going to be more efficient to that. And all the tissues will be more strong. So the fascia become more thick because they have more collagen, they have more fibroblasts. If you don't use something, the opposite process is going to happen. So if you don't use some movement, some pattern, the plasticity of the fascia is going to enable you to do that movement. Mm -hmm. So this is coming to an inside topic that I like, that is the fear of movement. Yeah. And we can talk about this after, but it's very interesting. So when you do a repetition, the same all over again, the stimulus is the same, the response is going to be the same. So the fascia is going to move in the same plane, in the same movement, and is going to readapt to that position. This is happening for posture. It's going to happen when you have an injury and you has to be mobilized, just like you broke your arm, you have to have a casket. And this is happening while you're training. So if you train every time the same, the reaction of your body is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are probably losing other aspects of the healthy fascia that we need to have. Yeah, exactly. So here we could really dive into the topic that is most interesting that you have just opened up the invitation to, which sorry. is... No, no, sorry. This is great. <laughs> uh, which is the sense of pain or the fear of pain. And how does that tie to posture, emotions? The mic is yours. <laughs> okay, thank you. I think this is interesting because we have movement and we have motion and you do this all the time. But sometimes when you bump a finger or a toe in your table, you are going to feel that. And every time that you move, you're going to feel that pain. So you are going to do everything in your power to not feeling that pain. So you know that you have a toe that is hurting, so you're not using it. And the inflammation is going to pass and everything is going to be normal. But this is just a little thing. But imagine this all the time that we have a little pain or something that are going to influence us. And you start to feeling fear of movement because you know that when you move, you're going to feel pain. 
So this is starting a cycle that I think we have to be very careful about because and be worried. So when you stop moving or you have much less motion in some joints, yeah, imagine that the fascia will readapt to that. So yeah. they'll become more thick and stiff. So the stiff is is less gliding around and thick. They have more content. Yeah. So they are more strong. But mm-hmm. with strong, we have to glide again and you have yeah. to move around. So this is going to be very stick and thick. Yeah. So this is happen when you stop moving something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. joint. And then when you stop moving, everything in fascia will readapt. So you're going to lose some hydration because of the collagen that is going to be deposited there and more fibroblasts and the receptors in fascia will become more sensitive to inflammation and the low pH that is going to happen in the tissue with inflammatory reaction that is normal. So you have less movement and you have these changings in fascia. So don't forget the blood flow and the lymphatic flow and the nerves are in between fascias, so they could become entrapped mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So you can more stagnation in lymphatic flow, and we could have a, a pain, a nervous pain that is a neuropathic pain that is just because the nerve is entrapped in the thickness of the fascia. Yeah. So you have more pain, receptors are low, so you have a central sensation in your nervous system. They are feeling that you have pain and you have more pain that you supposedly need to have. And then you become less mobile. Your fascia becomes less mobile. They don't glide so uh, easily. So easily, yes. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So you become less mobile in that spot. So this is going to change your normal patterns of movement. So this is coming, change, this is altered. Yeah. So you're going to move less or you're going to move differently. That is your efficient movement. Yeah. And then you have pain because you're changing so much things and the inflammation is not going away. So you're moving less. So when you're moving less, these alterations of the fascia, this pain is installed, the inflammation is not going away. And this is a cycle because you're becoming fear of movement. So everything that you don't do is increasing the pain that should resolve with movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not talking about specific pain. You're talking about, imagine you have an injured, you Mm -hmm. have to become more active sooner then we think about it because if you have acute inflammatory state, you have to rest, but it's just the possibility to increase the response of immune system and the the nervous system and everything to combat that inflammation. And you have to move because when you're moving, you are diminished that stagnation and you are making fascia more mobile and you are decreasing the adhesions and fibrosis that tissue, connective tissue could have. So contractures inside scars that we have yeah. that makes 
the fascia moving less. So this is a ongoing process. Ongoing. Yeah, and it never stops because if you have, imagine you have a disc hernia, sometimes people don't have pain and other people has. And if you are feared to move your back, everything starts to become more stuck and you're not mm -hmm. moving the lumbar spine. Now you're not moving the hip. You're not moving the sacroiliac joint. You are starting to become more stuck. Stiff, yeah. yeah. And stiff. So stiffness is coming with the pain and everything. And yeah. you don't know where it comes from what. So I think this is just to see the importance of physical therapy and yeah. manual therapy and yeah. the continuous work with personal trainer or your trainer, your coach, everything that works together to make you look like you and makes you in your natural and efficient posture better yeah. or faster that you can. So you don't have other compensations and you start to feeling more or spend more energy Uh, using that compensations to live and then is the cycle and you are starting another cycle of energy consumption that is not good for your body yeah and it's like you're creating habits then you are habituated to okay i do not move i'm used to this so yes and the body likes not move it's more comfortable exactly The body needs moving and it loves to, yes. but also enjoys very much, oh, we're comfortable here, so why should we do it? Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting because if I heard you well, in the beginning when you were relating the fascia as a receptor for, you know, the emotional, the mechanical, electrical uh, stimuli, and then when you stop moving, you have inflammation, you have the low pH, so I'm, I was jumping ahead. Yes. And going back to those emotional and mechanical stimuli, we were now talking about the mechanical, right? Right? We were pointing towards an injury occurred, so then you stop moving or you change your movement because you don't want to go there, you don't want to do anything that could hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there could be also an emotional stagnation or stuckness that sometimes might not be related to the injury per se, but then we are in a different part, right? Yes. So what could we talk about this? Emotion is very interesting. It's not my topic that I expert about it sorry but mm -hmm. i think it's just interesting to open the conversation about it mm -hmm. because other professionals that are experts of that could talk to you and you can learn about that mm -hmm. uh, but i think it's very interesting because of the influence of the emotions the fascia and the posture and posture is uh, movement when you are not moving we are always moving yeah so this is the emotion is very interesting emotion is just I, i'm not getting to elaborate on this because it's not right but you're feeling this for seconds mm -hmm. your brain is receiving information and is releasing hormones it's chemical response to that information that you receive and your body will respond to that momentary alteration mm -hmm. so if you are surprised i think this is the more superficial if you are surprised your eyebrows are going to lift and you're going to open your eyes and this is a response to something that happens in the environment and your body's response now and then you are surprised and then you stop 
<laughs> being surprised. So your eyebrow is going to get in the normal shape. Yeah. So supposedly our emotion should be like that. You experience something and that is a hormone response and you feel that and then you let go. Yeah. And this is supposed to be like this all the time. But we like to think about it. So when you think about it and you ruminate on some thoughts, they're going to just like putting a movie together again. So they're going to... Creating stories. Yes, they're creating the same emotion mm -hmm. that is not there right now, but you are feeling it in your body. Mm -hmm. So the fascia... It's just like your body emotion. So when you're feeling an emotion, your fascia is going to use it and is going to recreate that state in our body. And you're going yeah. to feel the same stuff. And this stuff is just like muscle activation or thickness of the fascia yeah. or plasticity of the fascia in some aspects. When you feel this, your body's going to respond with that. Yeah. And you're going to feel like this all the time. And this is a cycle. Yeah. Could be a cycle if you don't interrupt, interrupt this emotional state. So this is why you could increase the depression that you have if you're not interrupting these disruptive thoughts and the response that your body is having with that. I'm not expert in depression, so this is just an example. Sure. I don't want to go inside of topics that are not mine. But this is important because your body is going to respond to that emotion and could be your stiffness in some parts of your body, could be near your gut, could be your shoulder. And this probably, if you are an holistic therapy, you're going to say that Some pains and facial pain is going to be related to an issue yeah. or bully or daddy issue, mommy issue yeah. or something that happens to you and was not resolved and then gets stuck in your fascia. And this yeah. is information, this stuckness, this memory yeah. is just the fascia adapt and make the architecture of that space different. And then you're going to feel something different there. Yeah. 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 And that's why we have memory in our body and memory, emotional memory. It's yeah. in different layers of our fascia that's going to change the content of that uh, specific area. And then it's going to change the receptors and the way interoceptive we see that spot and we feel yeah. that spot. Could be tension, could be pain, could be other sensations. So I would like to jump to the body image because we talked about this today uh, earlier and it was so interesting that you offered me that perspective. So once more, it's more psychologic, mm -hmm. but perhaps it's a theory that the way that we feel our body, the interceptors, the way that we analyze our body and the fashion give us information could alter the way that we really feel. So when somebody looks at you, they see something that you're not feeling the same. So you create a body image for yourself 
So the way that you see yourself when you see in the mirror, when you're just connecting to yourself and you try to feel you, this is going to change the way that you imagine to be because the fascia will change the receptors and will change the content. And this could be one of the reasons that we have body image issues and we really feel that. And sometimes is not easy to explain something that you feel because nobody sees it. But it's interesting if you think that your body really changed inside and nobody feels it, but you feel it. Or nobody sees it, but you feel it. And I think this could be something psychologists and uh, physical therapists could work on together, mm -hmm. improving the movement and improving the training. So um, using other techniques that I don't know, but I think could be working on using our interceptors to change the way that we see ourselves mm -hmm. through movement and through exercise or facial training that is now in vogue. In vogue. Okay, so we could, we could <laughs> talk a little bit about that. What is that? What are the types of movement? What kind of movement could there be for working with the fascia, creating awareness? I mean, I know awareness is we're trying to bring awareness through some ideas, some thoughts, some sensibility, some visualization, uh, what it could be. And I think that is very helpful. And so what kind of exercises would you say are helpful? Yes, this is a new era of working on fashion stuff. I would like to go a little back to posture, but uh, just for you to know yeah. that I'm going to I get think you we should, after yes. that. Mm -hmm. Yes, because there is a lot of researchers that are working on facial training. And I think this is interesting because fascia is connecting to everything. So we are always training fascia. It's not now I'm only training fascia. This is not happened. So you're not only training tendons. You're not only training muscles. We are working together. Mm -hmm. And I think is the breaking news. That is not news. That is, mm. if you work on your whole body and in different stimulus, you can change the fashion, makes us work in different directions and planes of motion. And one needs to accelerate the movement and the other one needs to stop it. And this is working together that is going to make us more healthy with more healthy fascia because they give us the stimulus that they really need to readapt and restructure and remodel just like the plasticity that we have when you are working on your brain and you work on something your brain is going to change and readapt the same happens in your connective tissue and your muscle so when you train hypertrophy similar the muscle is going to grow and this is the same mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's important for the fascia remodeling different loads different motion planes different muscle activation and different stress managing of the joints itself you mentioned stress and i just wanted to point out to the stress that we are mentioning that we're pointing towards in this context stress sometimes is a bad thing we are used to seeing stress as a bad thing but actually here we are using it for the benefit of the workout and of the training and of change of habits stress normally is something that is something external that your 
tissue will respond to it. Mm-hmm. So if you have a dumbbell in your hand, this is making your joint, your muscle, a stress. Mm-hmm. So there is something external that is going to change your normal way of being. So when you have a lot of stress, the tissue is going to respond and you will be increasing your strength and you're going progressively increase your dumbbell weight and you're making more strength. So every time this is a stress to your body. If you jump is a stress because you are putting that stress in your system and you have to deal with it. Your mental stress and your stress, just like you're working on a schedule, this is the same. You have something external giving you work and your body needs to work through that. Sometimes it's too much and you enter in breakdown, but stress, it's good for the environment because makes you grow and makes you change and readapt. So you only grow through stress. But that is a lot, uh, that is much stress that you can handle it without breaking. Mm. And it's the same with the muscle or the tendon. If you make a lot of stress and you cannot handle that stress, that breaks. That is the same. So now the different stress managing is the capacity of your joints with your connective tissue and your tendons, your ligaments, your joint capsule to deal with that type of stress without getting an injury so you have to get the different muscle contractions so you're not working on isometric contraction or eccentric or concentric contraction you have to change it the stimuli to have more response to different kind of stress mm-hmm. so it's important to work on elastic recoil Elastic recall is the capability of our body to store some kinetic energy in our tissues and then use them in elastic way. Just like when you jump, you squat a little bit before you jump because you are gaining energy. You're storing energy in your tendons, in your muscles, in your fascia, and then it's just like a catapult. So this type of movement, this type of working out, working in a load to explode or counter movement, this is going to do some changings. This is tensegrity deformation. So the way that your fascia works around the bones and everything makes just like an architecture type of structure that you deform and then they come back to the real position or natural position. So you deform the tissue and then elastically they come back to the normal. So this is working on some mini jumps or working on the counter movement. This is very cool for fascia. Other thing that is important, this is proprioceptive refinement. So this is working on micro movements, working on a little bit of programming that uh, pattern that could be increasing the adaptability of the fashion in that specific movement. And we need to work not only the movement that is normal in training, just like in a sagittal plane, just like squats and deadlifts and lunges, but we can work around 3D uh, working. So you can put yourself in a odd position strength. So you have to be able to make strength 
when you are not in the right position that you are always told in the fitness industry. So you have to be able to do that because in your real life, you do strength, whatever. Yeah. You are in the position, you have to respond to that stress. If you're not used to work on that kind of stress in that positions, when they going to happen in your real life, you're going to get an injury. Yeah. Probably you will have it, but you are more complied to that stress. Right. You have more tools yeah. to manage that stress in real life. Exactly. So this is important to create more awareness to where the gravity are and we are not having so amnesia in our sensory motor functions. So you could be more aware of our body parts where they working together and giving information to our joints which are the real range of motion that are available you can work on that now with the um, control articular rotation yeah. so there are things that you can do in your training to give this different stimulus this is very interesting yeah and the thing this is a flow when you get in a flow movement, you see people doing animal flow or other types of flow, just like dancing. This is where people get it's in the point of your body could handle uh, accelerations, these accelerations changing in every joint in your body, and they're going to work out perfectly coordinated. And you see it's beautiful and effortless because it's the most efficient movement that you can have. Yeah. When you have an injury, you look like a robot moving. <laughs> and it's not like it's supposed to be like. Yeah. So you are working on these changings in working your flow could help you have a healthy fascia. Yeah. Changing in stretching, types of stretching, or using your load, your body to work on your dynamic stretching with your facial chains and you yeah. stop having so robotic movements and you start moving with the, the old chain, yeah. not only one part of it, but you can put it everything together. Exactly. And when you have movement, you have hydration and you can have it while moving. That is going to doing it, the hydration of the fascia because of mm -hmm. this rehabilitation or re-education of the fascia. But the blood flow that is going to be working around and the lymphatic flow, and you can enhance it with the manual therapy or fascial release uh, with foam roller. That is not released because they are not trapped, but could be enhancing the, the movement, yeah. slowly movement, could be enhancing the hydration and the gliding of the fascia and make it with more interceptive receptors, more receptive yeah. to movement that's going to work out uh, later. Interesting. This could be just a little things that you can have in your training that could be helpful for your fascia to do your strength training, not only to get hypertrophy of some muscles, but you have your whole body works in a strength and capable way to be and have more quality of life and everything. Right. 
Right. And important when you train, not only to get fit. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. So just to connect a few dots here, I hear you saying that indeed the movement restores the fascist capabilities and characteristics and attributes, makes it healthy. And having a healthy fascia, you have the ability to have this sense of awareness attention to everything that is around you because you are feeding that matrix. You're feeding that dimension within your body that connects everything. So now, could you elaborate a little bit about posture and the fascia? So I think we can see posture. I was saying this one time here. So this mm-hmm. is the not your normal position that you are more efficient. You have less energy consumption. And you have less stress to the tissues. Mm -hmm. So this is your normal position or posture. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is changed because of your different, your size and everything. But this should be the definition. But you see people doing and behaving different with their body. And you have posture for political reasons. You have a posture when you are happy, when you're sad. And this is changing because of the connection of the emotions in our body that we talked early on. Mm -hmm. But this is the activation of muscle tone that change the fascia thickness or the movement that you're working on of, of that emotion. But if you are more open to love, Mm-hmm. If you feel like that, you're going to have a certain posture. You're going to mm-hmm. have your belly a little bit to the front and you're going to be more drawn to the back. So this is the opening of your anterior chain that was studied in the 60s, 70s. That this chain of opening looks like you are open to be loved and loving and all your muscles is going to change. So you mm-hmm. look like people with your hips to the front and a little bit relaxed in the, the shoulders. But if you are opposite and you see people just like very straight with your knees a little rounded to the back, mm-hmm. they are ready to action. So mm-hmm. your personality is going to change the way that you are in your normal posture and this is very incredible because there are muscle activation around this and you can feel and this is an image that you can have Cristiano Ronaldo you have that Mm -hmm. open chest open legs they are rounded to the external rotation and adduction so this is a posture of opening Mm -hmm. this is opening chain that makes you feel pride and you say mm-hmm. that you are pride mm-hmm. and you are feeling it and you can change your posture and that's going to change your mood. So if you are a little mm-hmm. bit in this position, you're going to receive hormonal responses and information that is going to change the way that you feel about yourself. So that's why you have a super superman posture yeah that you are here or here and this is making you empowerment yourself yeah but you have the other way around you see just like the picture of ladies go need to pee just like in the rest toilets they're going to close these inside and you are closing in this is adduction so this is internal rotation and flexion so you're going to be more to yourself going to 
enhance your capability of focus and concentration in more introspection, mm-hmm. more introversion of yourself. Mm-hmm. That you are mm-hmm. not so confident, or you're not, it's not confidence, it's the relationship that you have with the, the other people or the external world. You are very concerned about it, mm-hmm. you only give. If you want to give and you are more restricted mm. to that, you're not so openly to everybody, you choose mm-hmm. the interaction that you want to, to have. So these changes in your posture change the reaction of hypothalamus and the reaction of your hormones and the connection of the fascias. So you change your mood and your posture change you change your posture and your mood could change. So this could be very interesting while working with the psychologist to make people work around their really and really issues that they have and we need to work and talk about it, uh, the emotions and everything that we need to process while enhancing the posture while moving. So this could be very interesting. Because people with depression, they need to work out or walking yeah. or uh, doing some movement because this is going to increase the mood. And people with anxiety need to do the exercise to focus itself and change the way that you are feeling and reduce the thoughts. And everything should be or could be working with or together with exercise and movement. Yeah. And I think this is going to be the future of medicine. I think that is now people with preventive way of seeing themselves. They are working out not only to be fit and to be strong, that is very important, mm-hmm. but to be healthy because of the immune system that is going to change. And the immune system changing is going to change hormones, hypothalamus is changed, the mood it changes the posture. Everything is connected there and this is very interesting because when you have some psychological disease or physiological disease almost every time exercise could help you movement could be just a walk could be working out specifically could be working even more specifically with your physical therapist or your personal trainer and could be enhancing because when you work out something you're going to be better at it and i know cases of people that have in accidents and was supposedly to be on a a wooden chair the wheelchair wheelchair yes yes thank you they could enhance that with movement and be better Mm. it's not all the cases sure 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 it's a lot of work but in some cases in some alterations or traumas that they have physical traumas and could be enhanced with something that is research and proved to be a tool that is exercise and physical therapy and mental therapy and everything that goes around this yeah it's the same of the other episode we have a choice to make and i think exercise could be and movement could be a tool that is efficient for a lot of people or most people and i think we should get more enthusiastic about the results not only i'm fat i'm fit uh, but the way that we are going to live all the years that we have exactly and when you get to older people 
and you're thinking about ah, I should be training in the 20s and yeah. 30s and I was stressing about work and I not will be able to get that stress managed because this is five things that we should concern about right now that is movement or exercise food intake or nutrition hydration sleep quality and stress managing yeah and this is a stress in mental stress and emotion so psychologists personal trainers physiotherapists and other manual therapists in the world could be your friends uh, well helping you to get more healthy and have a better life Thank you so much, Rita. I mean, your last topic on posture is very interesting because I do relate to it also during my own explorations. And people that are listening to this can indeed explore just the fact that, you know, if they close up their shoulders, they close up their chest and roll a little bit or close down or, you know, create some sort of contraction in their chest areas, they can see how they feel, right? They can feel some emotional going on. And on the opposite side, it's the opening, like you were doing the superhero, Superman. When you change your posture like that, you're saying it, you feel something. Yeah. And if it's not, it's the breathing. Yeah. Your breathe pattern is going to change in different posture. Yeah. So this is going to be another tool that could be important working through some posture or emotional distress. That is breathing pattern change with posture and you can enhance a more posture for surviving that is in spiritual position. Right. But you, you could be increasing your stress capability to work on. Yeah. Uh, if you work on your breathing patterns, if you're changing your breathing patterns and you work with more awareness of that when you are working on some structural activation yeah. in your workouts. So breathing could be another tool that could enhance the work of exercise and movement. And you are very expert on that. Oh. <laughs> While you are exploring your mindfulness and mm. everything that you work, it's an embodiment a way of being. And I think this is the perfect end because this is everything that you believe in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I believe too yeah so that's why I'm here exactly and I think this is very curious where the conversation goes soon that is becoming to the first thing that you do when you are supposedly alive that is breathing mm -hmm. and I think this is very important to keep track yeah. and keep conscious about it yeah thank you thank you so much Rita this is amazing thank you <laughs> thank you for having me thank you so much for your work Thank you.